devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Devil in the Detail, Salford Red Devil's independent fan podcast with me, Rob Parkinson. Cut Fever here in Devil in the Detail Towers and joining me to talk all about this week's Salford Red Devil's news, we've got Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hey Rob, you alright mate? You had a good week? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been all right this week. I'm excited, waiting for this uh, this cup game. You know, sleepless nights. So you know, looking forward to it. Really excited, and uh, just hope we can get through. Good. Also joining us on the show this week, we've got Gaz Shaw. All right, Gaz. How you doing, Robbie? All right. Yeah, good. You feeling cup fever in your house? Yes, I've got cup fever. Cup fever. Ill with cup fever, Rob. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Obviously, looking forward to the Casper game on Saturday. What else have we got on the show this week, Paul? We've got a review of uh, the victory on Saturday against Hull KR. We've got the news. We've got a, the Mike Kuhlman interview. We've got the amateur review. And we've got the Castleford preview for this Saturday. Cool. So what we'll do, we'll start off uh, with the news. Gentlemen in detail. News. So big news coming out of the club. Just been out for eight weeks, uh, Paul, uh, with, a, with I think it's a leg injury. You know, big blow for Salford. Yeah, it's a massive blow for us. That he's been playing well, Josh. Been feeling, you know, we're down to like uh, bare bones, aren't we? Really on the on the wings anyway. With Greg Johnson being out, and we've not seen Daniel Vido yet as well. So it's going to be going to be hard shuffling the the team around. Really, we've got Josh Jones, I suppose, who we can bring in the centre, and we've got Naya Levels who's playing on the wing. So I think we've just about got enough cover there. But you know, if someone else gets injured, we, we might be struggling a bit. Yeah, Josh Griffin, a key player for us, Gaz. Uh, Cannon Mirrors, last season we got a few injuries and the season just sort of tailed away. Yeah, it can go like that, can't it? I mean, it, it, as you say, Josh, he's, he's been a big surprise signing, I think, over the duration. We didn't expect him to be like this. He got a very good record. So, like I say, him being out is a blow. Um, I mean, I can only echo those comments, really. You know, if we could just keep it at that and we don't get too many bigger injuries, then we might be able to, to, to get away with it. But he is, he is a lost Josh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I suppose it becomes an opportunity for someone else. I suppose Jones will go into the centre and then it opens up a, a pack space, uh, Paul. You know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of competition in the pack. Uh, who would you reckon should fill in uh, for Jones? Yeah, well, you've got, I suppose you've got Ryan Lannan there as well, haven't we? He's, a, he's probably due a run in the side and you can perhaps move Flanagan into to, uh, the second row or, or vice versa. Um, yes, but I think we, we're struggling at Ucker as well, aren't we? With, with Logan Tompkins being banned this weekend and Josh Wood's out. So I'm hoping Tommy Lee's going to be there because he picked up a bit of a knock, didn't he, on uh, on Saturday. So we could be struggling in that area as well. So if, if Tommy Lee's out, we might have to move Gareth O'Brien to Ucker and maybe nail back to full-back. So there's a few few headaches there for, uh, for Ian Watson. I'm just hoping Tommy Lee's going to be all right and he can play. Yeah, Logan Tompkins, one-match ban. Uh, Gaz, um, bit... Uh, a bit of a problem, really. Obviously, Paul, like like Paul said, you know we're, we're struggling now with Hooker with uh, Wood being injured as well. Uh, but is a blow. He's been playing really well, Tomkins. He has been, yeah. And uh, actually, looking at it, I mean, it was a great to see originally, wasn't it? Uh, I think for Tomkins, so it, it could it could be worse. I think it was downgraded to a B, so that's why he got one match ban. He could have got more than that. Uh, so yeah, it is. It's a shame for the lad. But uh, as you say, I mean, we have just got. Enough, I think, where we can jig things around and still um, be a force at the weekend. So uh, I'm not too marvelled about it. Again, you just can't afford to lose any more. I think, I think we're kind of at the limit now. Um, but it's a shame for the lad. Yeah, obviously, you know, last few weeks, uh, Gaz, you know, we've had the salary cap deduction uh, of six points. 
you know, big game against Castleford on uh, Saturday. It's important that the boys, you know, continue the good performance like on Saturday and build and build. Yeah, well, it is especially important now with the Cup, you know what I mean? Because this could be the shining light for us, really. Last year, obviously, playing Lee with the players that we missed, and we missed, we, we got players injured in that game as well. So that was like a almost like a turning point for us last year, that, that Lee game. So they have got a good opportunity to beat Castleford to kind of, with a bit of luck, do something in the Cup. So I think it has become very important for us now because getting in the top eight, it's going to be really tough for it for, for those bottom four now. And even if you do make the eight, you're probably finishing eighth. And that is doubly hard again. So I think, yeah, focus on this cup now. Get Try and get a good cup win. You know how important the, the cup is, Paul. Uh, so all Soul fans, you know, want to win it and go into Castleford. We've already beaten uh, away so, you know, earlier on in the season. So it's a good sign that we can do it again. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I think Castleford's picked up a few injuries as well. I know Andy Lynch has um, has got quite a bad yeah. leg injury. I don't know if he's broke his leg or something. So he's he's a big, big sort of stalwart in their pack. He's he's you know he's a leader for Castleford and he takes them forward and makes a lot of yards from. So he's a big hole out of their side. I know they've got one or two other other players out, but just going off the farm as well. I mean, they've lost the last two games at home um, and they got panned off Old Kingston Rovers the week before. So I mean, they're not going to they're going to be low on confidence and. I think if we turn up there with the right attitude on on Saturday, I think we can. Uh, I think it's all about the start. I think you know, last time we played them in the league, they threw everything at us in the first twenty minutes and they couldn't score. And I think we're going to get that again, definitely at Castleford. Justin Carney is going to get a stick. We know that. And I think it's all about how we how we manage with that first twenty minutes. We can weather the storm and weather what we, we throw at us. I think we can we can beat Castleford. I think we can beat them convincingly. Yeah, going back to the six points deduction, Gaz. Um, Marwan Kukash has said he's going to put his appeal in. You think it was kind of a wise decision, obviously, getting the six points deducted. We've had a chat with various different people who've come on. You know, what's your thoughts on it? Um, whether it should appeal or not, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know whether it will get any change out of it. You know, it, it really depends what's the worst case scenario. If they lose the appeal, I mean, if it's a case of appealing, then we get, you know, extra money. I mean, that's, well, you know, if it's another five grand, it's not a problem. But if you get another two points, four points, then you've got to question whether it's worth it because, let's face it, it's probably not going to win. I mean, and that's not just a kind of biased thing saying, oh, it's the RFL or against us and stuff like that. It's it's just the way it's just the way it is, the way it's been worded that it looks like we've been busted for two years and not just one. That might, might be behind why we got six points deducted uh, more than anybody else has in the past. So it all depends really on, on the detail. We don't know much about the detail. Um, and what is the worst that can happen? And I would say, my personal opinion is, if there's a chance that we could lose another two points, I won't bother. Yeah, I suppose it's really important, obviously, getting into the top eight. You know, you can't afford to lose any more points, Paul. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Marwan's come out and he said that he's going to tell us all about it when the appeal's over and, and the dust settles, and that's going to be interesting to see what he has to say. I think they should come out and tell us about it now. To be honest with you, I think you know to keep the supporters in the dark. I think I think it's out of order. And I think the RFL should have should have more or less said. I mean, it's all it's all been kept under the swept under the carpet, really, hasn't it? And leaving us hanging on. I mean, I said to you the other week. I think the only person who knows whether an appeal's worthy or not is Marwan Kukash, isn't it? He's the one who knows what we've done. 
And if we are guilty and he knows we're guilty, I think it's a bit foolish, isn't it, to go appealing. And from my point of view, I think we should just move on from it now. Looking at the league table and the way results went last weekend, we've still got an opportunity to get in that top eight. And I know if we do finish eighth, you know, we might be miles behind the top four, but I think I'd rather finish eighth and be safe than go into that, that middle eight again. And, you know, you know, being... I know it was... We didn't we know where near that million pound game next season. But this season, if you finish in the bottom four, you might be down there with Leeds and Huddersfield and it might be quite tough then. So um so yeah, it might be it might be just best to move on from that now, not bother appealing and just go with what we've got. Because I think I still think we've got a, a great chance of finishing in the eight. You think if we don't get the eight, uh, Gav, it'll be a tough tougher middle eight than last year with Leeds down there and Huddersfield down there. It's it's not sure whether you want to finish in the eight to get away from teams like that. It could be. It could be. And the thing is, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens if, let's just say, that Huddersfield, Leeds and us have a, have a really good end to the season and don't make it. You'll have three teams on form and not making it. So in one way, in one, one way you can look at it and say, oh, God, you know, if you finish 11th, you're going to have four of those games away and it's going to be an issue. But if you're in that championship... And you look that they've got three sides there that are actually, you know, doing pretty well in that. They might look at it and think, God, it's going to be miles harder for us than it was last year. And obviously, you know, none of them made it. So um, it can go both ways that I, I think it could be a lot harder, yeah, especially if Leeds and Rusfield get in there. But uh, it's not going to be any cakewalk for, for the ones that are left in it as well. Yeah, I think I was looking down the you know the other division. You know, Bradford's changed the coach, Lee's changed the coach. You know, it's kind of a, they have a different feel to it now, Paul. That you know they're kind of rebuilding really. It might be a, a year too soon for them, really. Who's that? Sorry, Lee. Lee, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they've struggled a bit this season. They don't look the force they were last season. I mean, I watched them a few times last season. They seem to have a good young, balanced side, and then I don't know. I think they've ups, they've upset it really, bringing certain people in and. They don't look the side that they were, but I think you've also got to look at London Broncos. They've improved, haven't they? They're up near the top of the table. I don't think Bradford are as strong as what they were last season. No. And you've got Batley there as well, I suppose. And Sheffield have been a bit, a bit sort of hit and miss this season as well. I mean, the team who are on the rise at the moment, I mean, probably Swinton, it? they've won five out of five. So how ironic would that be if we finished in the bottom four and they finished in the top four? We'd get the derby back against Swinton. But no, I think to be, my point of view, I'd rather be safely in the, the eight and away from all that. To be honest with you. Yeah, because it was kind of heart attack stuff uh, last year. You know? It was good, though, wasn't it, Robert? It was exciting, but I, I don't know. I think I'd rather be in the eight. <laughs> it adds something gas to it. You know, the bottom four playing against the top four in the first division. You know, it's excitement every week. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, I know that last year, the whole finished in eighth last year. And Adam Pearson, after the season, said it was a disaster for him. You know, because not only because you know, you're getting beat week in, week out, but also financially, I think the crowds must have dropped off or something. He says it was it was really bad. They couldn't afford to do the same this year. So it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I think it's, we probably had a lot. felt like we had a longer season than we've had for a while because, you know, there's something on the line. Um, but <laughs> you could end up not being in the Super League. So it's that catch-22. I've always said with this new system, really, if you're not finishing the top six... There's not really much difference. Obviously, you, you, if you're in the bottom four, you might drop out. Right? It's a disaster. But finishing seventh or eighth, I mean, you're really up against it. You're pretty much your season's over again unless you go on a, on a tear. So it's a catch twenty-two. Of course, it kind of shows what kind of club you are. That you know, you're thinking, oh god, we finished in the in the top eight again. 
You know, I mean, that's not like, you know, if we finish in the top eight, you know, even one season, Paul, it's like, you know, reaching, you know, Amarillo. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And, and I think as a club, really, we should be aiming higher than that, shouldn't we? I mean, eighth out of 12 isn't that good, really, is it, when you think about it? But I know we've not really been been there for a few years, have we? I think last time we sort of finished up there was in 2006, wasn't it, when we finished fifth? So, uh, so yeah, but I, I agree with what Gaz is saying. I mean, I, I've watched quite a bit of, you know, the, the playoffs last season and Hull and I think it was Warrington as well and they were sort of dead rubber games weren't they because they were that far behind the top four they didn't really have much to play for and whereas we were were in that um, that middle eight and it was it was exciting you got to play teams you don't normally play against you got to go to away grounds like Halifax and that and good days out And but you still always got that in the back of your mind with Salford oh bloody hell if we lose this one we could end up in that bloody million pound game so so, yeah, I mean, whatever happens, it happens, doesn't it? But I just hope we can have this good cup run. I think that's something we're all looking forward to, aren't we? I mean, we've not been to the sort of quarterfinals for, for a number of years now. So to get through past Castleford on uh, on Saturday is going to be a massive boost, I think, for the club. And um, I think for the players as well, especially with, with the negative things that have gone on with that six points, I think to have a good cup run, it, it can be only be good. Yeah, talking about the cup game, uh, tickets are still available. Uh, it's £15 about and £8 for concession if you're a season ticket holder, 18 uh, and 10 if you're not. Uh, free coach travel uh, down to Castleford as well, Gaz. Uh, there's talk of five coaches so far uh, going down. That shows that you know there's a big army of Reds going down. It's going to be a good day. That sounds great. I mean, bring it on. If they can get Phil Moore, which you might, might be able to, I assume, between now and then. Excellent. That's, that's great news. Cool. And if obviously you want to get your tickets, uh, ring the club on... Uh, Oh man, what's the number? Ah yeah, 0161-786-1570 and order your ticket and I think there's only one, is it one pick up from the AJ Bell rather than going around the city to get people. Yeah, I think you're right. Get yourself down uh, to the AJ Bell early and hopefully sort of create a bit of a carnival atmosphere um, on Saturday, Paul. Yeah, yeah, it'd be brilliant. I mean, it was a cracking atmosphere for the league game, wasn't it? Oh, I, I like going to Castleford. I think it's always a good atmosphere and, the, you know, the old railway and the, the old open end. And, uh, you know, it's a proper old school rugby league ground. I mean, my dad always says to me, it's not changed since about 1970, that ground. It's exactly the same isn't it, as, as what it was then. But, yeah, and if we get a big following behind us there as well, it'd be a big boost to the to the players on the, on Saturday. And I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think we've got a, a great chance of winning as well. It's going to be a spicy atmosphere. And, and yeah, yeah, bring it on. It's going to be a cracking day out. Cool. So that's our news uh, this week. And what we'll do now, we'll talk about the uh, victory against Hulky Art on Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford win against Hull Kingston Rovers on Saturday at home. 44 points to 26, Gaz. Great result for Salford. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great win, and it was it's one of those which I thought was well-deserved. I know that they, they kind of came back at us and stuff, and uh, at one point it, it was rather close, but... Yeah, I thought the better side won, and um, it was a good statement to make, really, after the uh, points deduction, I think. Yeah, another hat-trick for Junior Sal, Paul. You know, that's two in two games. Yeah, six tries in two games. That's pretty good. It'll be all right if he gets another one at Cass on uh, on Saturday. That'll be pleasing. But, yeah, just going back to what Gaz says there, I agree with him because I thought the scoreline flattered OKR, really. I mean, if you look at the tries, I mean, one of the tri- the first try they got was from a bit of a stuffy kick which bounced up off the post and they were really lucky to get that. And then another try, I think Gareth O'Brien put an attacking kick in and 
he sort of got his boot to the ball, kicked it to that, I think it was Seal, and he ended up going the length of the field. And it was pretty fortunate, really. I mean, they didn't actually create much throughout the game, whereas Salford really did. I mean, Gareth O'Brien, Robert Louis and Dobson, the three of them there, I mean, they were unstoppable. You know, Dobson coming, uh, sorry, Gareth O'Brien coming back on the inside, linking in the line. I mean, I thought he was tremendous on, on Saturday. And we looked really good with the ball. And we looked like we were going to score every time we had it. Yeah, Salford started with O'Brien at fullback, Justin Carney, Junior Tell, Josh Griffin, Nia Levels, Michael Dobson, Rob Lewis, Mark Flanagan, Ben Murdoch Masala, Josh Jones, Trey Jack Logan Tompkins, and George Griffin on the bench for Salford with Tommy Lee, Weller Racket, Adam Warren, and Ollie Krinicki. It was good, uh, Paul, that Tommy Lee was back in action. Yeah, it's good to see Tommy Lee back. You know, he's the captain, isn't he? He's a good leader, and uh, you know he gets through a lot of work. Then he does a lot of tackling, and you know he chips in with the odd, uh, the odd good kick as well. And you know he's had his fair share of injuries, hasn't he, the last couple of uh, couple of years, this season and last season. So it's good to have him back, and especially now with the injuries we've got to, to Josh Wood and the suspension to Logan Tompkins. I'm just hoping Tommy's all right for uh, for this Saturday. Yeah, Salford started brightly uh, with a try uh, from Junior South early, Gaz. You know, we're forming a good habit here where we've come out the blocks quick. Yeah, uh, and uh, long may it continue because one of the things that was a problem for us at the start, is, especially that whole game, the first game, was we were giving teams too much of a start and then you're trying to crawl it back all the time. But yeah, if you can get ahead and stay ahead, then yeah, I'll be happy with that for the rest of the season. You know? Yeah, good hands for that junior South try, Paul. You know, good work with from the likes of Tompkins and Flanagan and uh, Junior Sow over in the corner. It was, it was, it was a quality try. I mean, it, I, I watched the tries back again on the Super League show last night, and it, it's, it's great attacking rugby. And uh, you know, it was the same at Catalan the week before, wasn't it? We scored some belting tries. I think scoring points is um, not been a problem for us recently. It's just the, the defence that worries me a bit. I think there's a few bits and bobs need tightening up, and you know, against Castleford, uh, they'll, they'll throw the ball about on Saturday. So I think there's a few bits we need to work on, but. You know, scoring points has, has not been a problem so far this season. Yeah, Salford extended the lead with a try from Robert Louis. Uh, O'Brien carving up the middle, Gaz. You know, we talk about O'Brien at fullback. We talk about uh, Ebbles at fullback. You know, O'Brien's a star man at the moment. Yeah, and you can't argue with it. As much as we, we, we like Niall and at the start of the season, you're thinking, you know, why, why is he persisting with O'Brien? He's, he's been one of the best players of the season, I think. No chiming in. And one of the big important factors I thought against OKR is obviously in the first game when we played him away, it was really it's Maurice Blair had a belting game, he carved us up in that first half and did a lot of the damage. And we were thinking because Albert Kelly would play, you know, we, we had a really good chance in the game. But if you look at that game, really, Maurice Blair was pretty much anonymous, I thought. Albert Kelly did a few things, but when you compare it to Robert Lewis and Dobson, as you said before, and then you've got Gareth O'Brien chiming in. They've got a few players in different positions where they're very dangerous. So you, you can't argue with O'Brien uh, playing week in, week out, I don't think. Yeah, O'Brien you know, playing fantastic at the moment. I think it helps that having Dobson and Rob Louie and him in the creative hub, Paul, you know, all half-backs, you know, you know, and they're working the magic at the moment. I think it does. It gives it gives that, um, the defending team, you know, like Hulk Aaron Saturday, gives them a bit more to think about. Doesn't it? You've got O'Brien there, and the way he links in there, I mean, he's, he's quality and he's brilliant to watch, but he does, he does it gives them a bit more to think about. But I think O'Brien as well, he's improved on his defence. I mean, he looked really steady 
under the uh, under the eyeball. I mean, they they peppered him all kicks and rollers on on Saturday, and he come up with everything, did everything right, and I thought he was the, the best player on the pitch. I thought he was uh, was outstanding. And it is a shame sometimes to you know Niles drop down the pecking order a bit, but you know Niles playing on the wing and he scored, he scored a good try. You know it had to be finished well on uh, on Saturday, and he's chipping in with a few tries. So uh, and with the injury to Josh Griffin, I think we we'll see Niall continue to be in the side. Yeah, good work from Dobson and O'Brien again. And great footwork, I thought, by Evels, uh, Gaz, to go over in the corner. You know, it's it's a class minute from a class guy. Yeah, he's, he is a really good player, you know, Niall. And uh, I suppose that's, you know, his uh, versatility, you know, showed there. He's, uh, you know, it's a, you'd have him in the side. You know, it's just a shame for him that Gaz O'Brien isn't really putting that many feet on. Yeah, so then OKR hit back with a bit of a weird try, kicked through. Uh, Tonkins tried to shovel the ball dead, but it hit the post, and then Ken Silo dived over, Paul. Um, you know, I suppose Salford up to that point defended quite well, but you can't you can't plan for flukes like that. No, you can't legislate for that, really. I thought it was a really, really fortunate try for, for OKR to get. There was not a lot we could we could do about it, really. I think they did have a bit of pressure on our line there, and uh, a couple of sets of six, and the, and the pressure told in the end. So, uh, But no, I wasn't really worried at that point, because they're not really creating anything. And we sort of went back down the other end and uh, and scored another one. Yeah, and then just before half-time, killer blow uh, for OKR Salford, a try by George Griffin. Uh, Gaz, you know, burrowing his way over. He's been a star performance so far this season, a try which he deserved. Yeah, again, it's one of those players which I didn't really expect much from, but he's kind of stepped it up a, a, a notch, you know what I mean? And I think a few of those lads up front have. I mean, I, I'm getting a bit boring about this, you know, among our crowd about Craig Kopchak. But he has been a cracking signing for me. Because I thought he was a bit robotic when he was at Huddersfield and stuff. But he's been fantastic. And like I say, maybe he's bringing up some of these lads like George Griffin, you know, that they've got to keep up with him. So, fair play. Yeah, and then Josh Jones, just for half-time, Paul, uh, good work again by O'Brien. Sends him over and Salford are running red hot at that point. Yeah, there was. It was a very important try. That I mean, how many times do we we say on here that oh, Salva conceded a try before our, right on our time? And it was it was nice that we got one right on the bell there. And uh, I think just getting that try twenty eight six, I sort of thought at half time it was quite comfortable. There. I mean, the game wasn't won, but you know it was a nice comfortable cushion to go in at half time. You know, two tries there in the last three minutes of the of the first half put us uh, put us well on top. You think the same thing, Gaz? Twenty eight six at half time, job done. Never think that was Salford, Rob, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, pretty much. You know, they, they kind of reduced the race. Did it come within 10 points uh, as, as the game went on? Yeah. Um, but I thought we always had enough. You know, one of those games when you think, all right, we, we can score again. We did. Um, we, we, we deserved the win. Yeah, uh, OKR hit back just in the second half. Ian Thornley tried. Bit of a weird try, really. OKR throwing the ball about. Hint of an obstruction, I thought, when the kick comes across. Uh, Paul, uh, but you know, you get these decisions, sometimes they go your way, sometimes they don't. Yeah, it was a bit of a speculative kick really from Albert Kelly, wasn't it? And uh, I think it was, uh, was it Junior Sau who, who failed to deal with it? That's, um, that's one of the things that, that worries me a bit at the moment about, you know, we're talking about tightening the defence up. We seem to concede a lot of tries from kicks and uh, especially like the high ones out wide and that's something we probably we need to work on because I think I think Castleford will be playing that tactic on uh, on Saturday, you know, kicking for that Denny Solomon who's a bit dangerous, and they've got Joel Monaghan on the other wing, so they're going to be peppering our wings, you know, with eye kicks and tricky kicks and that. So that's what we need to work on. But again, he was—I thought he was rather fortunate try, really. I mean, I don't think OK, as I said before, created much throughout the game, really. They, they sort of—I thought they got a bit lucky, but but yeah, they got it back to twenty-eight ten there. And 
Well, I wasn't worried, but um, you know, they were, they were sort of edging back into the game. Yeah, Junior Sal's tr second try. Gaz, flowing move, uh, and he finishes it off. You know, that side of the field, you've got Junior Sal, you've got Carney, you've got Ben, Mur ben Murdoch, Masala. You know, it's a very good weapon for Salford and it caused a lot of teams a lot of damage. Yeah, it has, you know, especially them two, Carney and Sal, because obviously they seem very pally, they're probably best mates, and they look like they're enjoying the rugby, don't they? So, the combination of them two being, you know, bulldozers and, uh, you know, working well together. Yeah, it is. It's a potent weapon. Yeah, and then Okia hit back a try from Ken Silo. You know, out of nothing, really. Kick into the air, uh, picked up, and he ran 60 yards. Dobson made a brave effort to catch him, but unfortunately, his little legs couldn't catch him, Paul. That was the one where O'Brien just stuck his boot on the ball, didn't he? And yeah. it just sort of, it's one of them questioning the sport job, is one it? Where, where's it going to go? And again, I thought they were fortunate there. I mean, that, but that Ken Seal's got pace to burn, hasn't he? So, uh, you know, he brushed through a few tackles there and we just we just couldn't catch him. But um, I think they got the score back to uh, to 32 18 with like 20 minutes to go, weren't they? So, you know, there's always a chance, OK, we're going to come back into it then. Yeah, Tompkins put in the bin for, for, his, for his, his tackle, Gaz, uh, and they hit back again, uh, Tom Mims. And at that point, you know, Salford were wobbling, uh, and I was concerned. What were your thoughts? Uh, do you know what? I, I know at that point as well. I think Tommy Lee had gone off by that point as well, hadn't he? And, but I just thought, you know, in me, in me heart of hearts, that we were the better side we had enough. Um, I think CO went off as well. Did CO go off after he scored? Yeah. He tried, didn't he? Do his shoulder? Yeah, his did shoulder. his shoulder in? Yeah, he did. So, yeah. and being big weapon for them that went off. So. You know, yeah, they, they got close in that, but they, I thought that, A, they shouldn't have got that close. So, again, you've got to look at your defence and that, I suppose. But that we all, we had it in us to, to come back. Yeah, it's good, actually, that, you know, the players showed a lot of character when the wheels looked like they were going to fall off, Paul, that they managed to get themselves together and, and kick on and score again through junior self. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I always thought we had them at arm's length, really, OK. And I mean, I know they come back a couple of times, but we always looked capable of scoring. We always looked dangerous when we had the ball, so I was, was never really worried. And, uh, yeah, Junior Sal went over again, you know, great work again from Sal and O'Brien. And uh, Junior, Junior's there at the right place at the right time to grab his hat-trick, and I was really pleased for him. I've been pleased for him this season because, you know, he's worked really hard, Junior Sal. I mean, he looks in fantastic shape when you see him. He looks really sharp. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a dangerous player, very dangerous player. Two hat-tricks in a row for Junior Sal. Um, Gaz, bit of, bit of a quiz question for you. Last Salford player to win... So, so, sorry, last Salford player to score two hat-tricks in a row. Uh, I know this, Rob, because I saw the tweet the other day, so I don't know if you want to pass it. Oh, yeah. it if you want to pass it on to Paul, Paul no? Ooh, I don't think now. What year are we talking? Uh, 80s. 80s? Not Tech 7s, oh. is it? Oh. Ooh. 80s, 80s, 80s. One more. 80s, you, got, 80s. you got three. Adrian Adler. No, we'll give you three. Oh, 80s, 80s. Yeah. Oh. I'm right, Gaz, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. 80s. Keith Bentley. No. Do you want to tell him, Gaz? Uh, I can't remember who it is now, but uh, <laughs> well, one of them was against uh, Southend in Victor, so there's a, an indication of when it might have been. Man, is it Darren Blow? Darren Blow. Was it, it was, I was going kind to of say Blow then when he said Southgate. That's sort of mid 80s, isn't it? I would have said. Yeah, Darren Blow. Two hatches, <clears throat> one against Wakefield, I think, one against Southend, um, one after another. Yeah, he was a good player, Darren Blur, as well. Didn't he end up going to St. Helens? He did, yeah. I don't think it really worked, worked out for him, did it? Swindon, but, um, he was a classy player. Yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, so obviously back to the back to the game. Uh, Hulkiar scored again. 
Uh, but then Salford uh, finished with a flourish. Another inside ball finds O'Brien, who puts Rob Blue under the pulse for his second. Carmen copy of the first try of the game, Paul, and the points were secure for Salford. Yeah, they certainly was. Another quality try, and I was pleased for Robert Lewis to, to go over as well. He's worked really hard, and you know, with him and Dobson playing, we look a really balanced side, don't we? There and they're dangerous. Them two are dangerous. I mean, people going about other clubs having good halfbacks and that. I don't think you'll find a better combination or many better combinations in the Super League than Dobson and, and Lewis. And with O'Brien there backing them up as well, I think we're, we're really dangerous there. And and just looking at the league table and saying, can we make that top eight? Can we make these points up? I think we can. I think we've got games now that are that are winnable. And, um, you know, it's all about confidence, isn't it? You know, we've got to Castleford and get this result. You've got to St. Helens on the back of a few wins. And it's all about building confidence and getting on a roll. And I think, you know, with these players, keep these players fit. That's the key. You keep these guys fit. I think we've got every chance. Yeah, Rob Louie had a bit of a time off injured, uh, Gaz, but he's, he's in fine form now and, he, and he's looked super fit. He's just got back into it, hasn't he? You know, he's, uh, I think one of the things that sticks out for me as well, and again, he did against Lugar, is there are times when he looks untouchable. He looks like he's got all the time in the world. And if you see, he scored a few tries this year, which are walking tries. So it's as if to say the defence don't know what he's going to do. Mm. And he can kind of just pass the ball or walk through at will. That's a great trait to offer a player that. Yeah, I suppose it's X-Factor, isn't it, Paul, that you know he has that ability just to, to do something and, and create a chance. Yeah, I've noticed that. You know, I think it was who was it against? He scored. Now I think it might have been the Leeds game, and he did. He scored. It looked. It looked a right walking. But when you watch it back, it's because of, he creates the space for himself. Doesn't he stepping and that and like Dobson again on um, on Saturday. Michael Dobson. I think he steps about three players in the second half. I can't. He got caught. I think, but he looks so sharp this season, Dobson and and Lewis. So uh, yeah, the quality together them two and. Like I said, we, we, we've had a lot of injuries, haven't we, the last few years. If we can just keep them guys fit. And last season, we, we went to grounds. I mean, I remember us going to Hull with one halfback, you know, Theo away at Hull. And we, you know, we should, we should have won that game in there. But that's how we were struggling, weren't we? But now we've got them two settled halfbacks. I think, you know, it makes a massive difference, doesn't it? And you've got every chance of, of getting somewhere with, 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 those, with those two playing. Yeah, looking at the stats, uh, tackles, Flanagan with 44, Ben Murdoch Masai with 32. Uh, Tomkin, uh, Tommy Lee with 20, Welleracki uh, with 17. Uh, Gaz coming back from injury, you know, he's been a big loss for us so far, but he's come back and he looks uh, back in form. Yeah, good, because we need him. Because as we were saying before, really, that we can't really afford to have big, a lot of injuries in the pack. And I think that we knew that at the start of the season. So, yeah, for him to come into the side and just, you know, do what he does well, you know, He's, he's a great asset. I was just thinking, I don't know what, what you think about this with Big Ben. What? I just get in the, the sense that he's he's might be becoming a bit of a scapegoat in the crowd, that he had a, a good start as a promising like blockbuster, like running down the kind of second row channels and stuff. And although, you know, his stats stack up and he does the odd good thing, I don't oh, get murmurs in the crowd that expect him to be doing a bit more, do you know what I mean? I think he's getting watched, to be honest with you guys. I think... I think at the start of the season he was he was a bit of an unknown package, wasn't he? And I think a lot of clubs now, you know, coaches must be what you know targeting him, saying you know we've got to, we've got to get on him because I've noticed he's been really heavily marked, hasn't he? Every mm. time he gets the ball, same on Saturday he had sort of two or three men on him, and I've noticed that you know start of the season people weren't really sure about him, was they? But definitely now I think he's he's a really marked man, isn't he, Ben? I agree with that. I think going down that side of the field with with Carney and Junior South, he's part of our you know main weapon when it comes to. 
going forward and teams you know obviously see that and and sort the sort the game plan out accordingly but that's a good sign Gaz for me you know that he is a player that teams have to change their way of playing to, you know to fit him in to the style of play they want to play yeah yeah perhaps 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 that's that's some of it um I know it's I think that the ten people tend to have a go say he's a bit lazy so on that side of things but you know, if he can maintain his like attacking potency and stuff like that, and and while being targeted, you know, if he can get get over it and overcome it and that, then yeah, you know, it's great for him. Yeah, uh, top meter makers, uh, night levels with 137. O'Brien with 100. Justin Carney with 140. Cop Jack 125. You know, it's a good sign, Paul. That you know you've got a lot of players there over 100 uh, and taking the t you know the battle forward. Yeah, well, like we say, we talk about Craig Kopjack every week, don't you? And you certainly notice. I always seem to notice when he goes off. We 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 miss a bit of goal forward when he goes off. So he, he's a massive, massive player. Another one you've got to keep fit. But Carney as well. It's like having a forward on the wing with him sometimes, isn't it? The only thing with Carney with me, he makes me panic a bit when he plays the ball. I don't know what it is. He always looks like he's going to drop the ball, or he's going to, that's the only thing with his game. I think he's a, he's a cracking player. But he just makes me really nervous sometimes because you never know what he's going to do. Um, he, he reminds me a bit of Tex Evans in that way. You know, when you kick off and Tex would be under the ball and you'd be panicking until he caught the bloody thing and, and ran away with it. So, But yeah, he's, he's great to have in the side. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to have a really big game on. Well, I hope he's going to have a really big game on uh, on Saturday against Castleford. I think he'll be getting targeted, but um, he can he can live with that. Yeah, I suppose he mixes X Factor with, with hard graft, Gaz. And, you know, us signing him on a three year contract. You know, that's a, a statement for the club of where we're going. Yeah, it's really good news. And what's good about it is that, you know, there was rumours before he signed at Wigan after them. And then just before he signed that contract, I think Wayne was in the rugby papers and he's, he basically didn't say that Wigan were, were out of the race. He kind of said some long lines of, oh, we'd definitely be interested in Justin Kahn. He's the type of player we'd sign. But then he signed for Salford. So, yeah. I think it is a great signing for us. A uh, bit of stability. And hopefully, I'll see his contract on. Yeah, I suppose it shows us, you know, where we are, where we're going as a club, Paul. You know, we can attract uh, the likes of Carney to, to the club, and hopefully, other players now. Because I think the first of May, you can start talking to players who are out of contract at other clubs. Now it might give them, you know, food for thought. You know, when Salford come knocking. Yeah, I think it's a feather in the cap for the club, and if you can retain someone like Justin Carney, because sometimes when when the big clubs come knocking, it's hard for you know players get their heads turned, don't they? And it's hard for a club like us to to keep hold of them. Sometimes you've only got to look at like Joel Moon. I mean, Leeds came in for him, and he looked a quality player, didn't he? I mean, he didn't play that many games for us, but you could see that quality that he had. Leeds came knocking, and he, and he disappeared. Same with sort of Stefan Ratchford, Jordan Turner, you know, people like you. Know, it's hard to keep hold of them quality players when the big boys come knocking. So to to get Justin to sign for us just shows, you know, we're going in the right direction. Yeah, it's great news, and hopefully we'll see many more great performances. Uh, from the uh, tank on the flank. So, this is what Ian Watson had to say about the win against OKR on Saturday. Well, it was a good win. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good win for us. Um, it gets us back on um, the horse, if you like, um, gets us two points. Plus, it um, sorts out our negative and plus defensive on the league table, which we, we've spoken about, about being important for us before. Um, so, like I say, with the week we've had, and with a lot of changes that we've had to throw around in the, in the team today with the substitutions and stuff like that, 
it, it's been a really big win for us. Outstanding performances weren't Gaz O'Brien. Yeah, Gaz has been brilliant all season for us as well. Uh, his performances with his ball handling and stuff like that give us a new dimension. Um, he's, he's really took it into the fullback role, and if you think this is probably what is um, 14th or something like that game that he's, he's played at fullback, um, he's doing really well, and he's, he's going to be a big threat there. How good are the three of them together? Ian? You and you are half back line. How are they combining? Yeah, I think it helps with them all of playing halves. They, they have an understanding of where where they should be or where they need to be, so it's easy to interlink them. Um, so Gaz can jump in as like the standoff, and Robbie can push out to the fullback position as well in some of our attack. And it, it, it's it's quite easy for them to do that as well because they're smart players, uh, and it's definitely a credit to them as well because they do, they do out here on the training field. We work quite hard at that of being able to just push in and. Uh, filter one of them out as well, so th they've got a good understanding between the three of them. How determined were you to go out there and actually make a statement? Being yeah, well, we, we, we've, it's business as usual for us. We, we want to win and we want to win every game anyway as well. And we're, we're a team that can perform um, against anybody and we, we don't fear playing against anybody as well. So, yeah, it, it was important that we went out off the back of the week that we've had to get the victory as well. Um, obviously, the more important thing is getting the two points and moving up the league table now all the time and clawing them back a little bit, which, which is which is a big focus of ours. What was the mood of the players when the, sort of the news broke? And... Yeah, oh, well, obviously when it, it was first broken, they were told they were having the points of cough and there was um, obviously a little bit. They were disappointed when they'd heard it, but after that as well, we'd, we'd had a chat and they all came in the, the day after with the same mentality as how we wanted to approach it as well. Is that? We don't need to worry about that. That's out of our control, and we're paid to play rugby and coach rugby, and we do our job. And we wanted to win every game before that, so it's even more important now that we do have that focus that we want to win every single game we're going into, and just and hold ourselves as a tight knit group. If you, if you didn't get the point tonight, do you still think it's possible to make the top eight? Like yeah, we, we we believe we believe in our team that um, we're good enough to do that um, and get back into the top eight. It's this team's a good team and we wanted to kind of show that today. The first half we did, we set our standards out and we started to play really well. Second half we had a lot of changes and we fell away from the game plan a little bit, but you do that when you've got a lot of changes and moving players around for one reason or another. Um, but the good thing is we just came through that and we got the win. Justin County, did you get a finger in the eye or something? No, oh, he got a knock to his head. He had a little bit of a concussion, um, but he came back, his symptoms were tested, he was all clear and he, he came to us at our time and said he could go back on. But, which was pretty lucky, really, because Josh Jones um, banged his head going over for the try, so, but he was ruled as concussion that he couldn't come back on. Yeah. So it happened that we could move him then as well um, back into the slots. Does that mean Josh Jones can't play next week? Or? No, Josh, Josh should be fine. Um, he's in there walking around. I think he had um, a little bit of a headache as he came off, and that's one of the symptoms you have to tick if you've got it, and that kind of stopped him from coming back on, but he's, he's bouncing around in there. So Oh, we, we've got we've got a couple. Um, well, to be fair, we've got Tommy Lee um, with his knee. Um, he's, he's opposite one this time. Um, so hopefully that's he's come off and we, we've got that in time. Yeah. Only time will tell on that one. Um, Josh has had a bit of a knock when he came into the game. We brought him off and then we've got him back into the game. He's he's knocked his other leg as well now. So we're quite wounded with a couple of players in there. But what we're hoping it's. Um, you say like surface scratches more than anything at the Josh moment. Griffin, Josh Griffin, that one. So there's like Josh Jones, who's the concussion. Uh, Josh Griffin with his leg. 
and Tommy Lee with his leg as well. And we've got a couple of others up there who are getting checked out now at the moment. So, Paul Ian Watson says we're a bit bashed up, but he's got to be happy with the result. Yeah, of course he has, yeah, and especially after the, the start to the week that we had, you know, with, with, with like points deductions and things like that the week before. And, you know, coming into this this game, it's, it was going to be tough, wasn't it? You know, uh, getting back on the on the winning on the winning road and I think Ian's doing a good job isn't he him and uh, Tim Sheens but I think a lot of credit's got to go to Ian Watson as well he seems to be a good good motivator and uh, you know he's uh, he's moving us in the right direction I've got a lot of time for Ian I think he's uh, he's a level-headed bloke I mean when you hear his interviews as well he, he never really comes out moaning and, and I, you know I watch a bit of rugby on Sky and I'm not going to name coaches but some of them they come on and they're moaning every week about refereeing and decisions and injuries Ian's not really like that he sort of looks for the positives and I think that's a good sign and uh, he's moving us in the, in the right direction Yeah I think obviously Ian Watson's spent a lot of time at Salford uh, Gaz and also with Tim Sheens you know helping him along the way it's good that they've got this you know partnership going and it seems to be working really well Yeah it does I mean it's obviously good to see Salford Salford lad in there and all that. It's a, uh, in some respects, it's a bit of a shame for, for Ian at the minute because if when it's going bad, it, it tends to be kind of, well, is, is he good enough? Has he got enough experience in Watson? And then when it's going pretty well and for some periods this season, you know, it has done, uh, people say, oh, that's the Tim Sheens effect. So, <laughs> so in some senses, he can't win. But if he keeps going the way, the way he's doing, I mean, you, you can't really grumble, you know. Three-word match reports uh, from our listeners. Uh, Nicholas Fletcher uh, said, in it together, his man of the match was Dobson. Um, Malcolm Woolley, two points back, his man of the match was Dobson. Uh, Gaz, that's two for Dobson. You know, he had a good game on Saturday and, and you know, he's our little general, gets us around the field and, and you need that kind of player if you want to succeed. Yeah, we do. No doubt about it. I mean... Last season, it was a bit niggly, wanted a few injuries and stuff like that. And when you haven't got the other half-back partner like that, you know, obviously Rangi, fantastic on his day, but was inconsistent. It's tough. But this season, obviously, he's, he's playing a lot more and Louis seems to be more of a team player. So, yeah, Dobson has, has been really good. Yeah, Malcolm Woolley, two points back. His man of the match was Dobson. Uh, Paul Foster, great first half. His man of the match was Dobson. Paul King won at a canter. Uh, his man of the match was O'Brien, Paul. You know, Gaz O'Brien, superstar. You know, played outstandingly well on Saturday and he gets his uh, man of the match on the three-word match report. Yeah, I, I think Gary O'Brien's a, cr a cracking player. I remember when we, we signed him you know, on a close season, I was really excited about the signing because I've told you before on here that, you know, I I liked him when he played at Warrington and saw him on loan at Cass and St. Hans. I always admired him, thought he was a really quality player, you know, quality young kid, good goal kicker. And I was really surprised that Warrington let him go. And I think they'll, they'll come to regret that because I think he's a really, really good player. He's only young as well. And um, he slotted into that full-back role and, and, and made it his own. Just going back to Michael Dobson as well, I thought he worked really hard, Dobbo, on, uh, on Saturday. I mean, Hulk had really targeted him. Every time they had the ball, they seemed to be running at him to try and wear him out. And he had to do quite a lot of defending. But, you know, he stood up Dobson on, uh, on Saturday and he played really well against his former club. Yeah, we've got a couple more. One from, from Sai and one from Mark Hogan kind of having a pop at the RFL and their man of the match was, was Gaz O'Brien and, and, and Junior. So I think it's really important that we don't get kind of sucked in to a kind of a, you know, wanting to just give the RFL abuse all the time. It's all about getting behind boys at moments like this for me, Paul. What do you think? Yeah, I think we should just, just leave that. No, I mean, I'm not interested in the RFL. Let's just get on with it. I mean, we've got we've got a, a big season here and there's still a lot of games to go and, and 
you know, there's a lot left in this season, a lot of miles left in this season, there's a lot of potential left in this season. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really get too hung about, about the NFL. You can get obsessed with stuff like that and conspiracy theories, can't you? But let's just uh, let's just concentrate on the team, on the pitch and getting behind the lads because at the end of the day, I've said it before, that bunch of lads, you know, that salary cap issues is, no, is nothing to do with them. You've, I think we've got a team now at Salford and those lads deserve deserve our support and, and you know, our 100% backing. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. Uh, what do you reckon, Gaz? Get behind the boys. Let's not get sucked into a battle with the RFL. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. Get behind the boys. I think it would help greatly if, uh, unless Marwan wants this, this controversy, I think it would help greatly if before that game we kind of find out a bit more detail as to, A, why were, we were given, well, why we were given six points, basically. Why we were given more points than anybody else in the past. Because uh, that seems to be the crux of the matter that we're getting busted because you know, because of that. I think if you give a bit of detail out, I think that would help a lot, and I think people would drop it. Yeah, I I agree with that. Talking about points deduction, Australia Parramatta, twelve points deducted, I think, and they've lost the ninth title as well. I follow a podcast called Lady Zoo League. They're uh, Parramatta fans, and they're not too happy about uh, that. Their you know their points deduction. I suppose it puts ours you know into a bit of a you know, Tinat really that we could have got twelve rather than six, Paul. Yeah, definitely. They don't seem to muck about in Australia, do they? Yeah. Was it was it Melbourne Storm a few years ago? They had the old lot took took off them, didn't they? And the the, the title took off them as well. So they, I mean, I think they've, they've sacked. Is it five officials as well? They've had to resign or they've got rid of at, at Parramatta. So yeah, they don't seem to to muck about over there, do they? So perhaps perhaps the six points we've got it's not that bad. But yeah, I agree again with what Gaz said. I think a lot of people are riled by. By the six points, but because they've not really said what it's for or what we've done, or they've not really justified it, have they? So if they came out and said that, people would probably say, "Yeah, all right, then we'll, you know, we accept that and move on." But it's all sort of been we're taking six points off here and see you later. But I think they should they should come out and tell us really exactly what we're taking the six points off off you for. Yeah, I'm sure it'll all come out in the wash in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Gaz, who was your man of the match Saturday? A close one, obviously, uh, but I went for Robert Louis. I just think uh, at times this season and, and in that game against OKR, he just seems to be able to do what he wants at will. And, and it, I, I went with Louis. I thought it was, it was great again. How about you, Paul? Well, I thought it was impossible to split, to split Dobson, Louis and O'Brien, but I was just edging for O'Brien because I thought he had a hand in about four or five of the tries and, you know, he, he, he kicked some really good goals off the touchline as well and, that's the only thing that's sort of puzzling me at the moment. Why have we got Dobson kicking off one side of the pitch and O'Brien kicking off? The, and they sort of, sort of seem to interchange. And I think O'Brien's a really good kicker, so you know it's a bit of a strange one that at the moment. But yeah, I'm I'm going for O'Brien on on Saturday. I thought he played really well. Does it does it does it matter what foot they kick it with? Maybe I'm not really thought about it too much. I suppose, guys, you, you want your goal kicker to do as much kicking as possible so you get into like a rhythm. But it seems to work at the moment that we're rotating the the kicking. If that makes sense. It works when they get the kicks, don't it? And when when someone misses a few, then people start saying, "Oh, just stick with one." I think it's <laughs> that's the catch twenty two you've got. But again, with all Brian, I think I think he got all his kicks, didn't he? So, um, yeah, it's it's a good problem to have in it, I suppose, having that many decent kickers. Yeah, I'd say it's a good problem that they're all quite you know successful in in the percentages, and you know, I suppose if you if you think you fancy one, you think oh, I'll have this one and. You know, if you if you land one that that takes you through to the next round on Saturday, that's that's all that matters. Uh, my man of the match uh, will be Junior Sal. I think 
You know, two hat-tricks in, in, in two weeks. You know, outstanding out wide, clinical finishing. Um, and, you know, give him the ball in space uh, and he will destroy teams. So that's my pick, pick for man, man of the match this week. Uh, so now what we'll do, uh, we'll have a look what our motor sides did uh, this week in the fixtures and results. Well, I've got a, a round-up of all the amateur uh, goings-on and fixtures and results from this week. We'll start with uh, Salford Red Devils under-19s. We had a tremendous win at, uh, at Widnes on Thursday night. Widnes 22, Salford Red Devils 28. The Red Devils lined up with Jack Thompson at full-back, Jake Knox, Ben Calland, Harry Madders, Regan Croft, John Whittaker, Aaron Moore, Liam Bent, Connor Adams, Chris Worrell, Lawrence Akanga-Ajwang, Adam Jones and Lewis Hatton. The subs were Thomas Millington, Nathan Reedy, Alex Gaskell and Lewis Gregory. The, the young Red Devils were leading 16-10 at half-time and, like I said, went on to win 28-22. The tries coming two from Moore, one from Croft, one from Knox, one from Thompson and more kick four goals. So Salford are sitting mid-table now in the under-19s league. Played nine, won four and lost five. So eight points, doing, doing very well. No game for the under-19s this week. Moving on to the National Conference uh, Conference League, we've got results from the Conference Premier. It was the, National, the Rugby League Conference Challenge Trophy Round 1 on Wednesday the 27th of April. Rochdale Mayfield 54, Bradford Dudley Hill 6. So Rochdale Mayfield progressing to round number 2. Saturday the 30th of April there were some fixtures in, in the uh, Rugby League Conference Challenge Trophy Round 1. Our local sides involved in that one were Normanton Knights, 48, Oldham St Anne's 12, Saddleworth Rangers 34, Crossfields 28 and the fixture between Waterhead Warriors and East Leeds was postponed. So the fixtures for the National Conference sides this coming weekend, Saturday the 7th of May, Rochdale Mayfield take on Wigan St Patrick's in the Premier Division. Moving down to Division 2, it's Saddleworth Rangers against Bradford Dudley Hill, Salford City Roosters play Stanley Rangers and in Division 3 it's Dewsbury Moor Maroons against Waterhead Warriors and Ryland Sharks against Oldham St Anne's. So there's plenty of fixtures in the North West Men's League. We'll start on Friday night, the 29th of April. Manchester Rangers 6, Pilkington Rexay 56. That was a Division 2 result. Moving on to Division 2, Berry Broncos 20, Oldham St Anne's 18. So a good win there for the Berry Broncos. There was a couple of friendlies, Aspel, New Springs, nil, Mancunians, A26, so a great win there for the Mancunians. That was it for the, the North West Men's League this week. There wasn't many results, many fixtures played this week. The fixtures for Saturday the 7th of May, though, are as follows. We start off in Division 1, where we've got Hindpool Tigers against Folly Lane. In Division 2, it's Blackpool Scorpions against Manchester Rangers. Berry Broncos against Holton Farmworth Hornets. There was a derby between Lee Minor Rangers 8 and Lee East A. Oldham St Anne's A play the Widnes Tigers and Rochdale Mayfield A play the Pilkington Rex. Moving on to Division 4, Caddyshead Rhinos play the Rochdale Cobras. The Colchester Eagles play the Manchester Rangers A. Garswood Stags play the Berry Broncos A. Little Holton Reds play Bolton Mets and Westhart and Lions play Eccleston Lions. Uh, Division 5, there's a couple of fixtures in there. Chester Gladiators A against Caddyshead Rhinos A. We've got the Leyland Warriors A against Langworthy Reds. Runcorn against Salford City Roosters A. And in the Merit League, we've got Mancunians against Aspel New Springs. And that's, that's about it. There's a friendly between Ashton Bears and the Army Rugby League as well. So that's all the amateur news and fixtures for this coming week. 
Also, we probably heard from Rob last week who mentioned that the varsity match he was there at the AJ Bell Stadium on Monday night, the 25th of April. But just to recap on it, it was Salford University 14, Manchester University 22. Just a quick mention for Salford City College. They played this week, Wednesday the 27th of April. They uh, they were beaten uh, 16-10 at home to Runshaw, but they're doing very well at the moment in the league. The fourth top played seven 1-5, lost two. Runshaw were just one place behind them, so it was a tight game, that. So a 16-10 defeat this week for Salford City College. And I know we'll probably uh, be talking quite a lot about the Challenge Cup, but I'll just give the fixtures a mention now, uh, just before I finish. It is the sixth round of the Cup this week, and, and the fixtures are as follows. Friday night, the 6th of May, it's Batley Bulldogs against Catalan Dragons, 8 o'clock kickoff on television. Huddersfield Giants play Leeds Rhinos, that's an 8 o'clock kickoff. Saturday, the 7th of May, Castleford Tigers take on ourselves, the Salford Red Devils, that's a half past two kickoff. Oldham take on Warrington at 3 o'clock. And on the Sunday, there's another four fixtures on the Sunday. It's Dewsbury Rams against Wigan Warriors, Halifax against Widnes Vikings, St Helens against Hull and Wakefield Trinity Wildcats against Toulouse Olympics. So if you can get along to uh, to Weldon Road on Saturday to support Salford, it'd be fantastic. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere, free coach travel, £5 for season ticket holders as well. Let's take as many as we can, fill that that scoreboard end at, uh, at Castleford and uh, make our way through to the quarterfinals. I can't wait for that. This Saturday, half past two, Castleford Tigers against Salford Red Devils. Okay, thanks for that, Paul. Uh, so, the moment we've all been waiting for, the big interview. Yeah, yeah, I went around to see Mike Coolman last week. You know, my mum knows him from a few, through a few friends and that, and he, he invited me around to his to his house to speak to him, you know, about the glory days watching watching Salford. It's a very, very interesting interview. So, uh, so yeah, here it is. I'm delighted to be sat with Mike Coolman today, Salford legend. 463 appearances for uh, Salford and 135 tries. And we've just got a few questions and bits and pieces to ask you, Mike. Um, one of the first questions is from David Bolden. He says, um, along with David Watkins, you were his favourite player. And he says, what was it like playing against legends like Arthur Beats and the, the Australian prop? Yeah, you picked a good one there. I mean, I, well, we played against Australia in um, Sydney in a cup time um, for England, it would be league. And I windmilled him. That means I, he did a windmill because he uh, got him across the chest and throat. And uh, I got the, the referee got hold of me and said, if he doesn't ever get up, you're not going to get. You're going to be off forever. <laughs> so <laughs> he was an hard bloke, though I believe, wasn't he? Uh, beats and he was. He's hard. He's dirty. Yeah. Not, I'm hard enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next question was from Stephen Parkinson, who asked us. Um, with the team that Salford had back in the, the glory days of the 70s, why why did we not win more trophies? And I think we, we touched on that a bit before. It's, it's probably quite an, a difficult question to, to answer, really, I suppose, because we did have some great players. But, you know, we still did well and won two championships. But I think one thing that eluded us was a Challenge Cup, one at the sort of the one that got away, away really. We weren't, yeah, we were nearly there. I mean, the score, although they did, they did play better than we did and they deserved to win it. Mm. But we weren't a million miles away and... Uh, there was quite a lot of new, newness about us and, and, a, a, and a pretty toughness about them, which mm. just made the difference. I think especially with Castleford, and they had a settled side for a few years oh, and, yes. and you just coming into the game, you'd only been playing for Salford for sort of one season and you was quite new to it and still settling in. So perhaps, you know, the 69 final, we can be, be forgiven for that. But we weren't, 
beaten easily. It was quite a close game, wasn't it, really? Oh, it was, and it was well in the game as well, wasn't it? Was a, I know, speaking to my dad, there was a few contentious decisions in that game as well, wasn't there? And didn't we yeah. have a, a try disallowed? And so we, I think it was a bit unlucky, perhaps, not to get to get that Challenge Cup. So hopefully that's something that we can we can get in the, in yeah. a few years to come. I know we've got Castleford away a week on Saturday in the, the last 16 in the Cup, so will you be will you be following Salford in the, absolutely, in the Cup? Absolutely, absolutely. That's good to hear, that's good to hear. I know it's live on the telly as well, so you'll uh, you'll be cheering us on for that. The next question was from uh, Nigel E. Tuff. He's, he's asking, uh, where did you get your hand off from? The arm has to be pretty strong and uh, able to, to, do, to do it, but... Uh, it's hand hand off it is, but quite often it's uh, you've got the elbow part yeah. as well. It is quite a skill to have, though, isn't it? A good hand off. I found it was better if I got the man in terms of beating him slightly as far as speed is concerned. Yeah. So that I could sort of fend him off very quickly. And yeah. Get away and yeah, that's score right. a try perhaps. That's right. And you did score like we were saying before, 135 tries, you know, for a. For a forward, that's that's some sort of return. That I mean, that I was is, always that's... proud of that. I, don't, I yeah. don't know anybody who did much more in the forwards as as the club. Some of the lads in the history must have must have got more than that. But anyway, no, it's quite a record. Quite a record. Uh, a lady's asked us a question here. I don't know whether you remember this. Called Justine Garner. She said Mike was my hero as a little girl, and um, she said she still got the letter that you sent to her when she had her tonsils out. So I don't know if you remember that. Gosh, gosh. Do you remember that? No, it I don't. It might be a long time. I'm a disgrace. Well, she still remembers yeah, it. Absolutely disgrace. And she remembers you fondly anyway, Mike. Here's another I question. I apologise. I won't make oh, up for it. No worries. It's a long time ago. There's another question from Lynn Norfolk Waring. She said, which team and player did you respect the most? Of ours or... Internationally, yeah. or I suppose we could say which team and player do you respect the most that you played against? Shall we like which yeah. opposition team? Um, my, the player that I think was the best. I've got no, forgotten it. Sorry, man. Malcolm Reilly. Mal- yeah. Malcolm Reilly at Castleford. That I've always said is the best player I've ever played against or seen mm. was Malcolm Reilly, who played for Castleford and went off to Australia to play and do some deeds, deeds there. Yeah. But Malcolm really was always, always the best. Which sort of side around that time did you did you fear the most? Which, I suppose, with Salford being you know, good around that time, who, who was like your, your main rivals? Which side did you sort of think, you know, they're really going to test us? Well, we all had three, Saints and um, Wigan and Leeds. Mm-hmm. And then it will always seem to be that way. Again, now and again, another... One comes in like Warrington yeah. or Huddersfield. When I played, Huddersfield then was nothing. Mm-hmm. Never, they never won anything as far as that. We, we I suppose it's strange that sort of forty years later, if you look at the league table now, you've still got Leeds and St. Helens and the Wigan and those sides that are still there, aren't they? They, yeah. they were there then and they're still there just now. Walk, aren't they? Just walk into their their um, rooms. There's a lot of photographs of a lot of people who were brilliant together mm. and formulated their, their, their ability to take, take on teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next question is from James Hoskinson and he asked, uh, what do you think of the modern game compared to when you played? Yeah, I, I do like the game as it is because I've, I've always watched it anyway. Mm. But I do feel sometimes that there's some 
people in the game who are um, taken for granted to a great extent. That lad who's just about to retire in the next... He's retired now, last night, wasn't it? Kevin Sinfield. Kevin Sinfield. I've been a brilliant player. Mm. There were times when um, the game was left to him to win mm. quite a lot. And, uh, and well, he did it as well. Um, and I suppose if you look at Leeds now as a team, now he's gone... It's no coincidence that they've struggled this season, I suppose, yeah, with, right. without without him. But one question I I just asked, just just going on to that, you know, about what you think of the game now. You you do hear a lot of pundits and people sort of comparing players of this day and age to players of your day and age, saying that the players are fitter now, they're stronger now, they're faster now. And I know that's something that my dad doesn't always agree with. I mean, you you tell me that the players back in no. your era were, were you know were skillful players, weren't they? And you know, players that were working yeah, as well. Put it absolutely. Yeah. The players of today play a different <coughs> game than we ever played, yeah. and they did it better than we do as well. Because I, I have no doubt, and it's just the same for when we were playing, we played to a level that we did. But the people ask, how do we do against the teams that played 15 years before that? Mm -hmm. I could categorically say we would not have done the same things to get fit, to get the game. <coughs> going then the team the team before they would have been we were, we would have been much better than them and yeah. so that, that as it happens now I think the players who play now have a far greater um, need to get um, fit um, yeah I mean they're all about six foot one wide yeah. six foot one tall and a bit a big chest as well yeah yeah, so it's pretty that's how they play. It's probably an hard comparison to make, you really, at this time. You, you can't do, really, you think, can though, that I always think that great players from 30 years ago, 40 years ago, would still be great players today because of the skill levels they had then, would, would transfer now. Yeah. And in the environment now where they, they're full time professional, obviously. When you well, yeah, play I, mean, you I, I mean, I avidly watch yeah. rugby union in England as well, and all those things. Watch us watch England if anybody's interested in the way they play. They don't play anything like the Welsh play or the French play uh, because they just throughout their life have just had different ways of getting the skills sidestepping yeah I don't know that I ever 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 sidestepped in my life or was I ever taught to sidestep how about that yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It, 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 it's a, it's a, there's an assumption that the People can do things and they can't do them. Mm. All we do is get fit. All we do is get stronger. Mm. And all we do is we need to get really, really better at producing the sort of styles mm. and tricks that other people do. Mm. Well, our next question comes from Marie Scholes and she says, <clears throat> what was your biggest regret playing for Salford? Um... I should have been tougher than I was. I know that's that's the case. I was big, I was strong and pretty quick and muscly, but I didn't use that as much as I would. I suppose sometimes that toughness is part of your character, I suppose. It's not something you can really coach in, into a player. I don't I don't know really. I suppose that's I found, that's... It, I found it be very difficult. Yeah. It's an internal yeah. thing you're trying to trying to change. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if you don't, you're not tough. You, you, you're, you're failing in some way. Mm. All right. And also, she's Marie's also asked, what was the be your best memory while at Salford, playing for Salford? It had to be part of enjoying, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I certainly enjoyed playing for it. was a great team. Playing in that side yeah, with those team. players. I mean, it's a bit all thing. Um, I mean, I was chuffed to death that I played as long as I did. And, and I met some great people. So, great interview with Mike Kuhlman, Paul. You know, such a nice bloke. Um, and, you know, talking all about his, his playing days. Yeah, he was a, lo he was a lovely fella. He, he, he was fantastic. You know, he, like I said, he, we went round and had a brew with him. And, you know, he was such a humble man, talking about, you know, his achievements with Salford. And in a way, listening to, to the interview, you might have noticed that he, was, he had a, a lot of disappointments in his career and, and things like that. But so, so I've had to say to him, you know, you won two championships with Salford and, you know, that's something that we've never, ever got near since. So, I mean, that that group of players was special and you could hear that in his voice when he spoke about, you know, Colin Dixon and, you know, very emotionally about Colin Dixon as well, being his best his best friend. And and my dad came with me and he was he was talking to him about Colin and just basically saying he was, my dad's favourite player was Colin Dixon and he still idolises him to this day. My dad, he'll, he'll compare players in the game now. And one of the things he always says to me and he used to do when I was a kid was, if there was a certain player at Salford who wasn't quite cutting it, my dad would always say, you know, he's not fit enough to lace Dixon's boots. And he still says that to this day. So, yeah, it was great to talk about the old days and, um, you know, old, old stories and that. And, yeah, I think, in a way, it's a bit it's a bit sad how the club's not celebrated this year, you know, the 40th anniversary of, um, of that championship winning side because it was a fantastic achievement. And some of those players, are, you know, were, were brilliant. Some of the names, David Watkins and... Kenny Gill and people like that, you know, Keith Field and the list the list goes on, doesn't it? And Colin Dixon, of course. So yeah, it was fascinating to talk to him, fascinating to look at his, his old scrapbooks. He'd actually kept scrapbooks from when he was like fourteen year old, you know, as a as a youth. So, you know, just going right through all his stuff. And he had a massive career in, in rugby union as well, playing for the British Lions and you know, with Morris Richards. So he's had a fascinating career. Really, really interesting to look at his medals and actually touch his, his championship winning medal for Salford as well. So yeah, we had a great day. And um, hopefully we're going to we see him again next season, and uh, maybe perhaps get him on the show. Yeah, uh, the second half of that interview you'll you'll see you'll hear next week uh, on next week's podcast. So now what we'll do we'll talk about uh, the Castle game, the Cup game on Saturday. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So Cup fever here in Salford, Castleford away, big game, Gaz, and we're looking for a big following and a good result. Yeah, well, obviously, we're looking to go through. Um, the, the following will help, I think, um, if we can get some, some good noise. By the looks, by the sounds of it, it's going to be decent weather as well. So, if the sun's out, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all important, this this cup now. Obviously, the league, we've got a chance of getting in the top eight. But if we can beat Castleford and get a bit lucky and go on a run, I think that'll really make the season. So, yeah, it's a big game for us. And we can do it as well. Yeah, both sides uh, kind of towards the middle of, of the Super League. They'll be looking at prioritising the Cup uh, to try and bring the trophy, you know, in, Paul. Yeah, and if we can get through this one and perhaps get a home draw in the, in the quarterfinals, you, you get to a semi-final and a semi-final's anybody's, isn't it? So this is this is a massive game, this absolutely massive game. You know, just thinking about it, it's making me feel sick with nerves. I've been like that all week now. It's, it's going to be a great day. And, you know, we seem to have played Castleford a lot, you know, in, in the Challenge Cup away from home. I don't, I don't think we've... We've not drawn them at home for a long time, have we? I think 
we were saying the other day, was it eight times we've played them away from home now in the cup, and uh, you know it's always a tough place to go, Castleford, isn't it? And we've not got the best record at that ground, but um, you know just going after game this season with them and the way they're playing and the way we're playing at the moment, I don't think we've got anything to fear. I think we've uh, we can we can turn them over, um, and I think we will do. Yeah, uh, David Clegg at David Clegg seventeen uh, t- tweeted it out uh, that since the uh, the cup final of sixty nine, uh, we've played them away eight times uh, in the cup during that period, Gaz. Uh, only winning two. Uh, I think it's time we, we regress the balance, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I can remember at least one of those defeats being on telly as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's this no reason why we can't win. We've obviously beat them earlier this season. Um, I just think it's got a, a vibe about it. You remember when we beat Warrington away in ninety seven? Ninety seven. Yeah, the yeah. sun was out and it was it was just a great win away. It, it's got that bit of a vibe for me for it. Just hope that they, they, they can do it. Um, there's no reason, like say, that they, they they can't win or they're not able to win. Yeah, we've had a few successes. Uh, we beat them in ninety seven and thirty six eighteen with John Cartwright's uh, debut. Uh, Paul, you know we look back at games like that, and yeah, once, we can do it again. that that I remember that cup run really well. I remember going to Castleford that day, and on John Cartwright coming out, walking towards us at the, the you know the club end there, the old railway end at Castleford, and he's one of the biggest players I've ever seen. He was absolutely huge, and he, I think it was the pair of shorts he had, and he had a really tight, small pair of shorts on. But that was a really good cup run that season. I think we got Paris at home in the, the second round after that, and then the Warrington game away from home at Wilderspool, we absolutely lamped him, and then. I think we was unlucky in the semi that season against St. Helens at Central Park. I remember Steve Blakely getting clobbered early on and, you know, they had some great players, St. Helens, at that time and they were they were such a fast team as well. They just had a bit too much for us. But that's probably that and the year after is, um, the two semi-finals is, is probably the furthest we've gone in the Cup since. We've not been as far as that since. So I think we, we, we do a run and, um, you know, going back to Castleford, you know, the 69 defeat, they actually beat us the year after, I think, in 70 and 71. Yeah. So... We have been, uh, was it 75? I think we, we beat, we might have beaten there. I think it was 75. I'll have to look in the books, but I know they beat us in 70 and 71. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of history between the two clubs, and uh, and yeah, it should, it should be a great a great tie. But I just, I just think, I think this 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 season, I think we're going to, I think we're going to beat them. I've, I've really got that feeling that we're going to do well on the on Saturday and knock them out. Yeah, beating them early in the season, Gaz, uh, 32 points to, to, is it 15? You think you know it could be a psychological psychological advantage for us, um, you know, going back there and you know giving them a game. I don't know if it's an advantage over Cass, but it's great for us because obviously you know the amount of times we've been at Weldon Road and not got out, you know, I, I've, I ain't got enough fingers, you know, to count the amount of times when you've you walked out with your tail between your legs. But because we've got that win and it's so fresh, you know, confidence for us, what you know. You should be good. You should go into that game thinking we can win it, rather than you know if you concede a, a try or a couple of tries and thinking it's game over. So the win is, I think, was important from our point of view. Yeah, Justin Carney going back to his old stomp, stomping ground. Uh, two tries uh, last time round. Um, you know, hoping he'll he'll do another great performance and send us through to the next round of the cup. Paul, I think he's got to keep his head on. I think yeah. he, he's. I think Castleford are going to. You know. Uh, Daryl Powell was stoking it up last week. I saw in the in the press last week he was moaning on about something or other. And I think he was trying to try to stir things up between. And I think they will do. I think that that lad is it Massey uh, who had a bit of a bit of history with. I think it, they'll be they'll be trying to wind him up, won't they? And, uh, 
you know, get him in the sim bin, get him sent off, because he, he's prone to doing daft things in he, can he sometimes. But I just hope, you know, Ian Watson and Tim Sheens have a word with him and say, look, massive game, this really important game. You need to keep your head on and just whether they're going to throw things at us in the first 20 minutes, whether that storm quieting the crowd down like we did in the league game. And I think the result will be the same. I think I think we've got quality players to do a job on Castleford. Yeah, I've been busy in the transfer market, Gaz. Uh, Danny Tickle uh, coming in at Kaz. Castleford, you know, he's a good kicker, Tickle, and, you know, he's going to have to be watched. Yeah, did they, did he get Lamb Patrick as well? And Lamb Patrick Gaz. as well. I don't think he played, did he, last week, but is he available for this time? I'm not too sure if he's available, whether he's cut tied or not. Well, Haven't they signed um, Paddy Flynn as well from Witness on loan? I think he's gone there. I know he's gone right. on loan. I think he might have gone to Castleford. I might, be, I might be wrong, but I know he's gone on loan somewhere. I'm sure it was Castleford. So, so yeah, they have been busy. Yeah, they're doing something about it. But again, you know, you're not the players where they think, oh, God, you know, you, you, we've really got to keep eyes on them, you know, uh, compared to what they've, they've replaced. It's the, it's the players that they've already got, like your Denny Solomoners and people like that who can score. Uh, but they played against us in the first game, so... Yeah, Solomona, Monaghan, you know, the danger all around, Luke Gale, you know, they're going to have to be watched, Paul, and I'm sure we've got enough players, they'll be looking at our squad in the same way, thinking, oh, Dobson, Louis, you know, O'Brien, you know, they're going to be looking at the same, you know, problems uh, for us. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, that Gale's a good player, he's he's one to watch, Joel Manoran's one to watch, but from the first game, that Denny Solomona caused a lot of problems, I think he scored... Don't know, did he get an hat-trick or he got at least two yeah, times yeah, against us? Yeah. Did he score an hat-trick? I thought he did. And he, he, he's, he's a very good finisher. He's a very dangerous player. And I know Luke Gale loves to, to kick out wide for him. And that's, as I was saying before, that's something we've struggled on a bit this season. So, you know, perhaps if we've got Josh Jones moving into the centre, he's a big bloke, getting back in that, that Dennis Salamona, because I think that's that's going to be one of the tactics they use anyway. But they've got a decent pack as well, haven't they? Lee Jewett will be in there, won't he? And uh, that Massey's not a bad player. I still think they've got one or two injuries, though. And like I said before, Lynch is a big a big miss for them because he's a bit similar to, to Craig Copjack for us. He's like their go-forward prop, isn't he? So, uh, but I, I still I don't think we've got anything to fear. I think, you know, if you want to win the Challenge Cup, you've got to go to grounds like Castleford and win, haven't you, if you want to get to Wembley. So, so uh, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, Logan Tompkins misses out. Gaz, uh, through suspension. Uh, now we've only... Uh, Tommy Lee, our av- only available hooker at the moment. Um, who do you think should fill in that real role? Is it uh, Flanagan or Wilkinson? What, what's your thoughts about it? Unless, as we said earlier, you, you bang Gareth O'Brien in there and, um, and put Evels at fullback or something, um, that's an option. Um, it doesn't really matter because I think whatever happens, you know you're going to be weak there. So it's something you just got to deal with, I think. Yeah, hopefully, you know, we'll have the, uh, the answers to the questions on Saturday. Uh, Paul, give us your score prediction. I'm going to go with the one I've had all week, 34-10 to Salford. Well, I've had that since I've had that since Sunday, so I'm sticking with that one. How about you, guys? What do you think? Oh, I've got to be positive, haven't I? So I'm going to go 22-18 Salford. 22-18 Salford. I'm going to go Salford 16, Castleford 4. I think, you know, away win um, is on the cards. I think beating them previously uh, at away from home early in the season is going to be a big uh, psychological uh, thing for us and I'm confident we'll be in the uh, next round of the Cup uh, come Sunday night. So that's the end of another podcast uh, this week. Uh, Gaz, you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thanks for inviting me on. Cool. Paul, another podcast. Great talking uh, to Mike Coolman and talking all things over Red Devils. Yeah, it's been a really exciting week. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it and like I said, 
really nervous now for Saturday, but can't wait. And you know, if you if you've not got your tickets booked on that for the coach, you know, get down there because it's going to be one hell of a game. I know it's on the telly, but there's nothing beats being there live at the game. So yeah, can't wait for Saturday. So you can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and RLInternetRadio.com. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Ha, 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 ha.